Chapter 9 Eruptions February 16th, 2021 Mount Etna began erupting. Giuseppe Salerno, a volcanologist, said, We monitor its every breath. You have to imagine this control room like a hospital, with dozens of doctors working for the same patient, Etna. February 24th. A swarm of earthquakes began in Iceland. More than 50,000 earthquakes over three weeks, to be exact. Then, the eruption began. March 2nd. Every day, I watch Mount Etna erupting. In Gisli Pausen's book, Down to Earth, he explains there will be more volcanic eruptions due to climate change. We imagine Earth processes and the weather as separate, but they are deeply connected. As ice caps melt, they don't press down on the Earth's crust anymore in the same way. They are lighter, have more bounce. They are not being held in an even tension anymore like when your mother cups your forehead in her hand, the perfect and most deeply comforting point of contact and pressure, where you decontract and relax. The ice holds the plates in perfect pressure. They still move and shift, as tectonic plates do, but now they are lifting up in the wrong places unsettling the balance, upsetting the Earth's crust. It becomes agitated and uneasy, moves around, flings its arms and thrashes, earthquakes. Volcanoes are erupting. Mount Etna is erupting. How much movement would it take to open up below the Sui, to awaken again with a start, to erupt I watch Mount Etna from North View. There are rivers of lava, ash nine kilometers into the sky, spiraling in a double helix. I want to go. I want to be near Mount Etna. They call her Mama Etna. My mother is gone. In Rivka Galshin's recent essay in The New Yorker, she said, Lately, I find myself awake in the middle of the night in a panic, wondering, why am I here? Where are all the people I have known? My mother lives only two miles away, but I still sometimes think, where is my mom? Where is my black sheep, stuffed animal? And this is it. Where is my mom? Who is my family? Can Mama Etna help me? She can. She can. She can. March 19th, 2020. How do I think about Sakurajima today? What do I remember? We are on a boat, the Cherry Queen a ferry heading to Sakurajima, 
It is terrifying and totally life-inspiring, all at the same time. It's erupting. It's always erupting. We are on the water, heading closer and closer to it. March 19th, 2021. The eruption in Iceland has begun. I got a message from Gisli and a link to the live stream. I started watching. I began recording the eruption over Zoom. A meeting with myself, or really, between myself and the volcano. A continual meeting, which goes on pause when I'm out or go to bed. What are you doing today? What are you doing now? This morning? Tonight? Before I go to sleep? Like we are having an affair. I can't keep away. Check and refresh all the time. I'm obsessed. It gives me hope. Something amazing can still happen. I send the live stream link to everyone I know. Watch this. It is incredible. This is happening. I watched scientists cooking sausages on the edge of the lava flow. A shallow pool of lava remelt itself over and over. I ache that I can't be there. Sometimes watching from afar reminds me of other recent long-distance aches. I watched a time-lapse of the entire hike to the volcano. I sent Adam a screenshot from the live stream of a person in silhouette looking out at the volcano. He said, Let's imagine it's a prediction that you will be there. One night, watching the eruption, snow-covered hills surround two bright, hot lava eyes staring out of the new crater. Then, someone who looked just like me waved at the camera. How can it be? Am I there? And everything that has happened here can be confined to the realm of waking dreams? April 1st. Memory is like a volcano. Field diaries, an attempt to imprint experience into something concrete. Memory made palpable. Memories of my mother. She told us her parents wanted her to go to Brooklyn College to do something sensible, but she hated it, wanted to go to art school. Dropped out, went to work at a department store called B. Altman, selling gloves to save up money, put herself through art school at Pratt. Right out of college, she got a job at Pandora designing knitwear. She had her own line called Snazzy. The tagline was, it moves. It launched at Max's Kansas City. Her clipbook was incredible. Women's Wear Daily, Glamour, Seventeen. She hated sewing but designed the most amazing clothing. She had a hand-knit sweater line in the 80s. She'd sit with a group of women around the dining room table and they'd knit these gorgeous, strange sweaters 
color block like drawings. She taught me how to crochet. She was so messy, but her closets were immaculate and organized by decade. We were not allowed to touch them. We named our favorite one the Forbidden Closet. Every interesting garment I have came from her. In high school, I worked for her old boss, Ike Miller, at Pandora. I got to take home any sample sweaters I liked as a bonus. My favorite was Seafoam Malachite, an oversized cardigan so soft it felt like perfectly worn flannel sheets. If I focus on one seam of memory, it solidifies, like taking a core sample at a specific point and place. I can't find my memories of her. I need a task to get them. A field diary of memory. Like William Melson and his volcano, training yourself to pay attention to and therefore become more aware of something you love. And then, like a volcano erupting, each thought covers the memory that came before. Each memory a pulse of new lava covering up, slipping away. The eruption in Iceland is composed of lava that has come from deep inside the mantle of the earth, 17 or even 20 kilometers below the surface. 